0: A playlist original.
1: Hey guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we are the Lover's Passport. Welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. And today we have a special guest on. He's actually one of our closest friends. He is not the reason, but he did help us a ton with photography in the very beginning. We used to model for him. I'm sure you've heard us talk about him a ton on the podcast before. And the crazy thing is he gets to do photography and videography full-time with just around two to 3,000 followers. Anything under 10,000 if you're doing it full-time. Time is amazing so we want to bring him on so you guys can learn what he's doing on the back end and how he can go do photography full-time and chris welcome to the podcast
2: hi everyone thanks for having me <laughs> stoked to be here <laughs>
1: Uh, how long have we been friends now? It's been, what, since since freshman year of high school? Since,
2: I don't know, freshman year, but it was definitely high school. We were in chemistry class together. We talked about Call of Duty a lot. Come <laughs> <laughs> along. a long guy, way. Yeah, thank God <laughs> we had Jonah in our class, too, because we would not have passed that class but, without Yeah, Jonah. there's no so, way we would have passed it. Yeah. yeah, but we've known each other for a long time. We did a digital mm-hmm. photography class, which is ironic now, thinking what our careers are. But, yeah, we've known each other for a long time and just stoked we're still Hanging out and doing fun adventures together.
0: Did you guys actually learn anything in that digital photography class? <laughs>
2: definitely not. Definitely not. No, it was more of a Photoshop class than anything. We, I don't think we ever even used a camera. I feel like I
1: learned a lot, but <laughs> I, had never, I had never done anything like that. I didn't do any photography or anything in that realm at all. I feel like one time we went out and he had to take pictures. Chris is like explaining all these ISO shutters and I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to say, dude. You
0: fine. didn't learn any of that in a photography class? I think we
2: did, but no one ever paid attention. <laughs> it was more of a class was like, hey, your assignment's due in two weeks. Great, we'll do it the day it's due kind of class. Got it, so got it, got it. We
1: yeah. would literally play chess like three to four matches a day on the computer. That's all we did.
2: Yeah, the first five
0: minutes of class. <laughs> was and like, look where they are now.
2: <laughs> yeah, the first five minutes was like, hey, let's show our teacher what we did and then we you could just play chess the rest of the game. Yeah. The, rest of the class.
1: How long have you actually been doing photography? Did you do it since before high school?
2: I think I got my interest in high school, which is actually funny. There's a cool story about that if I can share it with you real quick. Yeah, go um, for it. So my first photographer I ever followed was Chris Burkard, and I remember seeing like his images right when like Instagram was first a thing. And at the time, I had like a remember that first iPod Touch that had a camera on it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it was just like this is like groundbreaking an iPod Touch with a camera on it i remember taking a picture like of the moon from like the back of a car and it was so terrible it was it it was it was so bad like it looked like it was just like it was a 1.3 like megapixel camera it was it was the worst thing ever and so my, my fascination for photography really grew out of like the technical perspective was like how like what makes a good picture you know like why are certain images clean why are some just like more sharp so it really grew out of like that perspective and i think that that interest and that curiosity grew probably like sophomore year of high school. And ever since then, it's kind of just been like a, a growing curiosity from then.
1: Interesting. So it all started with the iPod Touch. Shout out to Apple. I will
0: <laughs> say. Shout out to Apple, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say they were that was like their first camera. Yeah.
2: It was it was my first like personal camera. So I was like, hey, I can actually take pictures on this thing. And it had like the auto enhance button. I was like, nice. It, it, just, it put white balance all the way to orange, turned contrast <laughs> all the way up. And they were just like, oh my God, this is so bad. But it was great.
1: Now, when did you actually get your first camera after that?
2: So my first camera, well, like my unofficial first camera was my dad's old, like Canon Rebel TI, I think, like way back in the day.
0: I feel like that's got to be everyone's first camera. Yeah. you know, It's like the cheap starter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, It was not great, but it was just, it was something to learn with. It was like, what do these dials actually do? what are these, what does M, S, A, and P actually mean? And like, why is my flash going off when I don't want it to, you know? So it was basically just a starter kit to like really just see what is a camera even, like what do the functions do? And then my first camera I saved up and I bought a Nikon D3300 with an 18-55 to kit lens. You were a Nikon guy. Shout out, (laughs) shout out. And that was my first camera and I I loved it because it had both photo and video modes. Yeah. Um, At the time I was doing like... It was, it was called VizCon, which is just visual communications, but it was basically like the filmmaking class in high school. So I got that for Christmas, and I used that for sort of the second semester and kind of just used that for all my projects for that class. And then without when school stuff was done, I would just go out and like take pictures by myself. Um, but it was it was great. I mean, like the lens was obviously not great because it's just a kit lens. But um, as far as like the sensor quality goes, like I still like I still have my folder on my hard drive for my first images I ever shot. That's Aww. wild. Mostly just to keep me humble <laughs> because <laughs> they were not great. But um no, that camera was, it was great. And it really kind of like, it, I think it was the real catalyst of like what, like to show me what pictures could be like how to make pictures. Um, but yeah, that was my first camera.
1: What did you take? start taking pictures of in the beginning? Because I know when we first started going hiking and taking photos of it, it, was a lot of like nature stuff. Is that what you started with? Because nowadays you're doing much more like car photography.
2: Yeah. Um, and kind of going back to CRISPR card too, I think my fascination for photography grew a lot from him, seeing what he was doing with like a lot of his uh, surf trips, um, his adventures to Yosemite, and then he eventually went to Iceland and that whole spot blew up. But um, I think it was just shooting what was around me. like what my friends were doing so at the time we were really into surfing um going on hikes and stuff like that so it was really just hey where can I take my car to and what can I see that's beautiful because like when you're like a senior high school or a freshman college, you don't have like the money or like the time to like really go and just like go on a crazy trip you know so it's kind of just seeing, okay, what's around me? What does, what looks cool? What are my friends doing? Let's just go shoot whatever we're doing. you know.
1: I remember one of the first times we went hiking, like the pictures you got, I was like, oh, that was fun, blah, blah, blah. And then we got back and I was like, holy crap, what, what are these photos? I was so mind blown. You could capture like that type of photography with just a camera because I'd never seen like any style of high level of photography. Like I just had an Instagram barely when I was 18, but it was like, I'm going to post my workout pictures. I'm going to post my old martial arts stuff. I didn't, I feel like I wasn't introduced to like that style of photography photography mm. until i met you
2: yeah i mean like and it's funny how instagram almost became the platform for professional work where like it started as like a very just like a way to just keep up with people like you didn't like normally keep up with but then it eventually became the platform for people to post like their professional work and like you started to discover a lot of these people who are like wait how are you actually getting these pictures and like i feel like that instagram was a platform for people to learn and grow their respect for what professional photography is and what professional media is you know because Instagram's an iphone app i mean You post pictures from your iPhone, but to actually take a picture out in the outdoors, bring it back to your computer, edit it, and then get it ready for social media was like almost like a thing that wasn't really happening, you know?
1: Do you think that's why photography got so big? Do you think as many people would be buying Canon cameras and all that if it wasn't for Instagram?
2: Um, Honestly, I don't know because I feel like when we were kids, like cameras were purchased by the average consumer just for, like, family memories. and I had albums, you know? all
0: of the all of the weird little tiny digital cameras and all the selfies in the mirror with that camera, you know, that mm-hmm. are super cringe. Yeah. and little limited-to outfits and yeah. terrible style with yeah. the OG digital cameras. Like, oh, man.
2: All my memories of cameras were, like, oh, we're taking pictures at your baseball game. Or, like, hey, it's Easter. We need to get a picture. Or, like, it's this person's graduation, so we're using a camera for this.
0: Well, that's your family. My family was like, the girl cousins were, were gonna dress up and have a photo shoot, that's you know, <laughs> do a fashion show. <laughs> and then the boys were like, yeah, let's do the same thing.
1: <laughs> How have you seen, like, cause you've been doing photography a lot longer than this. How have you seen the photography, videography industry change over the past few years? Cause obviously TikTok was introduced and really blew up last year. Instagram blew switched up. Switched to video. Yeah, switched yeah. to video. And before that, like you you kept talking about Chris Card. I feel like that was the first guy too. You introduced me to him and I was like, Mm -hmm. dude, his stuff is wild. Yeah. All we thought about in the beginning was we need the perfect picture and we go on a hike. We need to go find, like, the craziest areas to go find stuff. Like, I feel like we did that one Highway 1 road trip so many times where we find so many gems along there. I feel like now if we were were to do the same trip, we wouldn't necessarily do it just for the photos. We would be focused much more on, like, the video aspect or, like, what kind of story can we tell or this is going to be an itinerary that we post. It's completely changed, at least for on our end.
2: Yeah, I think just, like, as I've grown as, like, artist photographer director what have you um i think it really just opens your mind to what's possible in all these locations you know i feel like when i first started i was very like just tunnel visioned on getting like these like quote-unquote instagram bangers you know like you wanted like the perfect sunrise over the coastline or you wanted the sunset at mcway falls and big Sur, and like that was the goal and if that didn't happen then like the trip was like basically a bust you know or
0: you didn't even pull out the camera you're or like yeah, it's not yeah. even worth it yeah. anymore
2: but now it's like you can approach a trip with like 10 different ideas or possibilities and you kind of just roll with it you, yeah you roll with it and it's like well i didn't get this but you know there's an opportunity to film some really cool either b-roll here or i can think of a different concept on the fly you you kind of just you know don't put all your eggs in one basket anymore unless like you're on like a job you're actually doing something that you need to accomplish but if you're just going on like a for fun trip then it's kind of like you just kind of go with it open mind you kind of just create whatever you are thinking on the fly you know and what about
1: from the business side like when you were pitching people back then for Mm photo, video, and now there's, like, this whole UGC and video style type of creation. Have you seen it change a lot from when you first started pitching brands to now?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, like, I've always, like, I feel like I've had, like, always, like, the more, I guess, quote-unquote, traditional approach where it's, like, I always thought businesses just wanted photos for, like, their website and for, like, ads and what have you, and I think was like from seeing you guys do your business too. I didn't know there were certain types of content that people were wanting. You know like I didn't know what I G C I didn't know what U G C content was until like a year or two ago. Really? Like right I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing that's brand, basically brand. what
0: you would do though. I essentially. Really, yeah. Essentially,
2: yeah, but I think I, I think I approached my content more from like a
0: professional standpoint. I, almost. I maybe
2: not even professional standpoint, but from like a perspective of like, oh, we want this to be like everything had to be billboard quality, you know? Right, right. Like I didn't think like and you see UGC you content on like Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Yeah. So it's like literally like a, it's like an iPhone clip with someone opened like a box. And it's like this. Like I would never have thought of doing that. So I guess now like pitching brands you can I don't know, I feel like you can be a creator and pitch so many different areas very true i think
0: that's so true because there's a lot of people that we follow that have grown their followings with literally just an iphone camera
2: yeah which is crazy
0: because like when we first started if we didn't have the perfect shot from wherever we were going Mm -hmm. it wasn't gonna perform well so yeah
2: and like what what we think is like the perfect shot and what other people think is the perfect shot could be wildly different. I know. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: right now everyone's valuing like realistic and authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think we've changed a lot of our business direction too. And like what we post to a lot more like reality and you know, yeah. the the not-so-pretty sides of adventuring, which is also the whole point of this podcast. Totally um, <laughs> yeah. But it's more accepted now, and that's what people want to see versus, like, the poised, perfect photo. Although those are pretty to look at, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone's gonna, always going to love, like the, you know, like, the beautiful photos where it's like, I mean, it's just so interesting even today, the one I'll eventually put out. and It's like, oh, this is a really, like, just harmonious, beautiful image. But, I mean, there's also, like, the, a real need for authenticity in a world where it just seems like everything's so fabricated yeah i feel
1: like there was definitely like a like a since instagram started like everyone posted their picture perfect moments on instagram and facebook was like the older generation but i feel like TikTok completely changed like authenticity style of -hmm. things because everyone now is like oh i'm trying to be real and i'm trying now there's a whole app called be real there's (laughs) all all these new things coming out because people don't want to see like the fake over edited things they just want to see like the real things that are super
2: relatable yeah And now
0: you see professional photographers doing like iPhone photo dumps too.
2: Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny how TikTok is almost like viewed as like like a non, I don't know, maybe it's just my opinion, but like a non-professional platform, mostly because it's used all on iPhone. It's really hard to, not saying it's hard, but it's like, it's, um.
0: People don't appreciate cinematic content on there as they do on other places, I feel like.
2: Yeah. And it's like, if everything, like basically you can create a whole TikTok video in, in the app with the camera. And you can do all the editing on your phone. Like, you don't need a computer. You can do a whole thing just from your phone. And it's, like, it's not hard, but it's definitely more of a challenge to create, like, the fully, like, doctored up, fabricated image or video than it is to, like, have, like, a set and you're using lights and you're using a different camera what have you. Very, Um, very true. But, um... Not sure where I was going with this, but I had a point. I definitely <laughs> I had a point, Well, with the a, with, went on.
1: With all of our, I feel like we've been on a ridiculous amount of trips. So we've talked about a lot of the trips that mm-hmm. have just gone completely wrong. Has there been any, like, whether it was a photography job where you're like, everything is going wrong, what has mm-hmm. happened? Or maybe it was a trip you came on with us where everything went <laughs> completely wrong. I what do to talk you th- about our trips, by the way, because I have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Which one do you think was the top of what, what, what came to the top of your head when I was like, what was a trip? trip, One went completely wrong.
2: Hmm. I mean, I can give you a trip example and a job example. Okay. I'll start with like the jobs first. I wouldn't say they've necessarily gotten wrong, but I'm a person where it's like, when I think of how it's going to go, I plan for how it's going to go. And when stuff doesn't go according to plan, it's like, you have to be very quick to like adjust, you know, very I, 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 I'll like think about how the day is going to go. I'll think about what the light's going to be like. And if a weather changes, i like, okay, that's not how weather was supposed to go. And then we have to change our plan. Based oh, I what so feel that, you know? Arp weather gets destroyed. Me, the worst. <laughs> yeah, the but um, it's never been like it's gone wrong. It's always just like, okay, we have to, you have to kind of scrap what you were hoping for and just be very quick to adjust to now. What can it be? Very true. You know, like, I
1: feel like especially because when we first started, everything was like we did a lot of hiking and a lot of like just morning sunrises, mm-hmm. and you can't always tell what the what the morning sunrise is gonna be. <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: Like just recently, we were doing um. We did a, like a car commercial shoot, and we were originally going to take it to San um, where it was going to be beautiful. There's these really nice rolling hills. The, the road was awesome. And then the weekend we had the car was the weekend it was raining. No. no. And we are like, of course, it's like literally the one weekend it rains <laughs> in Southern California is the time we have the car. So we had to basically scrap our whole idea for what we were going to do there. And within t- like 12 hours, we had to completely shift plans and go to a whole different road, which involves different shots different times you need to be there, different angles you're going to get because now you're working with different backgrounds. Um, so it's always like you have to just be very accepting of what the weather is going to do and think, okay, here's what's going to happen now. Like you can't change the weather and just think, okay, what can we still make of this and just get it done? You know.
0: I feel like all the outdoor photographers really sympathize with that statement. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally.
2: yeah, everyone's woken up and be like, oh, there's a sun and then a cloud. <laughs> well, right.
0: Like sometimes you wish you were a lifestyle creator and could shoot things in your bedroom, you yeah, know. Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, where everything is just nice and controlled and happy. And no one can put a cloud in front of your son
1: all right what do you think for for a regular trip so i totally relate to the work trips though i feel like anytime we get a car especially because you only
2: have it for a very short amount of time you're like mm-hmm.
1: uh, what am i supposed to do
2: yeah trip wise i mean we've had some let me go, wild ones yeah let me go through the whole rolodex <laughs> of trips that we've been on um <laughs>
0: I don't know why The first one that came to mind With Chris Was the big pine trip we did Oh Or we ended up Climbing a 13,000 foot mountain oh, yeah. And I, I had yeah. literally Never outdoor rock climbed In my entire life Yeah And I threw up at the top I
2: smashed my <laughs> knee I smashed my knee On a rock before And then Steven's dad's like You're hiking anyway I was like Great <laughs>
0: Steven's dad, for those of you that haven't heard about him on our stories or anything, he's Rambo. Yeah. And like we went on this backpacking trip up in the Eastern Sierra Nevadas in um, California and we thought it was going to be some relaxing lake trip, like this beautiful turquoise lakes and we'll hang out, take some photos, just camp in the backcountry. And we brought some like rock climbing stuff with us just in case like Mark wanted to do some rock climbing. And then the next day he looked at us and he was like, you ready to go? We'll climb that mountain, and I was like, "Oh, ha, ha funny." And Chris mm-hmm. was like, "Oh yeah, this that's so funny." Like we're doing a relaxing lake weekend, and he was like, dead serious. Yeah, please, yeah,
2: please stop joking now. Yes, yeah, Steven's dad's middle name is Die Hard. That's how <laughs> that's how it would go down
0: and Chris and I were just like Steven and his dad are like up climbing this mountain with ice axes in the snow and Chris yeah. and I are in the back like oh my god yeah, so like,
2: I wonder if we'll turn around and then it just kept going we haven't turned around I'm like I'm like, now we're on the mountain I'm like hmm, I guess we're not turning around I was
0: so exhausted that yeah. day but Chris and I had a blast glissading down yeah. the, the snow once yeah. we were coming down but
2: yeah the best part was knowing that we were done <laughs> <laughs> I that slept good best, tonight yeah. that was the best part was thinking I'm alive and we're done I don't have to do that again it and was then, so funny was Two months later,
0: the Sierra High route, yeah,
2: and then it got crazier.
0: <laughs> that was a full backcountry backpacking trip we did together. This is like the first year I dated Stephen, too. Mm-hmm. So, and both of them were with his dad, which means you know they were intense trips. Yeah, Chris and I were uh, she was always a
2: trooper too. She kept a smile on her face the entire time.
0: Well, I stayed in the back and I cried three times, but <laughs> since I was in the back, nobody could see me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Other trips, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, I feel like we've always been good about embracing the bad weather. Oh yeah, you know, we
0: got our trash bags on. Yeah, <laughs> I know we get <laughs> middle stuck of a lightning and, storm, stuck
2: and destroyed during yeah. the middle
1: of a lightning storm, and then my dad and me are like, oh, let's go climb a peak and leave you guys here. <laughs> and
0: his dad abandoned us with his, yeah. with Steven's little brother and me Chris and him are just like uh yeah. we're literally in the middle of nowhere like we hadn't seen a human for a couple of days mm-hmm. and we had to take care of Steven's little brother I mean it was fine we were good but then it's we fine. started I'm fine. <laughs> we were waiting for them we had like a rendezvous point after they were gonna summit this peak and it's sunset and we're starting to like scale this crazy like rock field down to this lake where we all agreed we we're gonna go camp and then Chris starts spraying because sprinting. he was like, oh, it's going to be a banger sunset. I got to go. And then just leaves me alone with Daniel. And I'm like about to shit my pants because I'm like, I am in the middle of the backcountry alone. I'm not qualified to be here. To be fair, you weren't
2: alone. You were with Daniel. I'm
0: with <laughs> Daniel who's also not <laughs> <laughs> qualified to be
2: there. And to be fair, I turned around and I said, are you good? And you said, okay. So I was like, I have a verbal confirmation the group. I didn't think he was going to
0: sprint down. to was like, I mean, it was fine, but it was I really funny. I was high funny stepping funny the whole way. Because like once we got down, there was an ice field and we we're just like slipping and falling across this ice field trying to make it down in sunlight. And, and there was three ice fields. And then we were like freaking out because we hadn't heard from Stephen and his dad. And we we're like, should we like wait for them? Should we go back? So we ended up waiting. Yeah. But they, they ended up coming and uh, it was all good. But yeah,
1: before we hiked you know. into the night for another three hours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then the next day, like Chris and Daniel and I all had like major exhaustion from the last yeah. I think we did, like, a 13-mile, 14-mile day, and yeah, we were all, sucked. like, disgustingly tired because we went up and down, like, at least 6,000 feet of elevation. That yeah. was, like, a stupid day.
2: That was one of the worst days of my life, for sure. <laughs> I was I was not a fan. I remember laying, like, in my sleeping bag, unable to warm myself up, thinking, man, if I can just get the, the energy to, to hit Steven in the head, I would <laughs> right now. I'm like, you, you put me through this. But
0: yeah. then we saw, or you saw, the craziest shooting stars ever. I had my contacts out, and yeah. I couldn't see.
2: Yeah, that was basically 4-3 line sky.
1: I feel like I feel like back. that's just how backpacking is. It's miserable. And then you're like, but this is great. This yeah.
2: is this is all OK. 100%. To
1: this day, that picture you took of us on that backpacking trip is still our profile picture.
2: It is, oh, it is your profile picture, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I, wrote, I was like, I, I saw a like picture. I, I was like, smiling. when is that from again?
1: Yeah, that was from that backpacking route. trip. I think that yeah. was day one when we were hiking in on the high route and mm-hmm. we were able to finally get to camp. We were at the top of this beautiful path. The
0: spirits were so high then. Yep. I know. TBT. That Besides the mosquitoes. Very,
1: yeah. Oh,
2: wasn't it was very strenuous? day either was it no it was that was a pretty was, light day
1: that was a super light day i think we did like six miles and we were hiking out of uh like upper yosemite Twalmy Meadows. Twalmy Meadows, yeah. so it like was not bad at all if only we knew what was
2: in the store <laughs> I mean, even thinking to like our like Yosemite trip in twenty nineteen when like it rained for like the first two days. Oh yeah, and I'm talking like it rained. Was that
0: your boys' trip? Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it was. It was wet.
0: You guys, <laughs> you guys suffer through yeah. a lot. But make it for the best. Oh so,
2: Yosemite. Yeah.
0: How has it been transitioning from like that kind of outdoor style to more car stuff? Hmm. Do you feel like do you still have a preferred one that you shoot or mm. one that you just prefer for work and one for fun?
2: Yeah, totally. I don't know. I think like. I've always liked cars, so I think it kind of just—I think my style now has maybe just evolved into what are my actual interests. So whereas before I was very much into like outdoor backpacking, sunrises, sunsets, hikes, all this kind of more adventure style stuff. And then for me, just personally, it just—not that it got old and boring. Cause I still, I, I still love being outdoors.
0: You burned out, didn't you? A little <laughs> bit,
2: like just like the desire to create something in the same location again, it just, for me, it just got uninteresting. I wonder how That is how literally many
0: times. what I say 24-7. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say. And like, like now I would go you to somebody now and not even take a camera with me and be totally fine.
0: Because we shot that place So, so many, many times. times.
2: Unless it's, like, like so Firefall, I brought my camera there. Or, like, if it was, like, wintertime and it was a fully different environment. Was, you know, like, there's... something
0: you haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. So, like,
2: I really just kind of, I took a probably, like, it's probably when COVID started, honestly. And, like, you you couldn't go to national parks. You couldn't go to these places. So, it really was, like, hey, let me take a step back and just see, like, who am I and what do I actually like? Yeah. So, the love for cars. I've loved cars since I was a kid. So, I was, like, okay, let's entertain the thought about what would it be like to shoot a car. What does that actually look like? Like, what are my shots there? And then the love for film came out of that too. So starting to shoot thirty-five millimeter film, medium format, um, shooting super eight videos as well, kind of just like my own personal things because I, I've really been able to distinguish like what is work work and what is my personal work because, you know, work work is like sometimes it's not always fun to shoot your work, you know, you're creating stuff for other people who have their dreams and goals. Yeah. It's not I mean, necessarily
0: your vision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and
2: like you, you want to leave room for your own creativity to come out. And so I think it really just came from like looking It's like, okay, I saw, I still love, I love the outdoors. I love shooting mountains and being with my friends on the trails and stuff like that, but there's more to me than just...
0: Hiking. Hiking outdoors, you know. (laughs) Can totally relate to that. Do you
1: think that you'll go through the same stage of that with cars and like, I know you've shot for Adidas now and surfing stuff Mm -hmm. and you used to only shoot outdoors. Do you see yourself moving into a different vertical?
2: Right now, I I think it's funny too, because like cars is strictly at a commercial point right now, where if I could get access to like these really old cars, I have some passion that I would love to do about some really, like, some 60s, like, Mercedes or a 1967 Mustang or... Yeah, I feel like we we went up to
1: breakfast that one time up in uh, Santa Barbara, and then there was that beautiful red Porsche just Mm -hmm. chilling on the side, and you were like, hold up, I I need to take some pictures of these. Totally. And that was some amazing... I remember I looked at the film photos after, and I was like,
2: bro, what? These are wild. I know, but it's, it's, it's hard to find, A, the people who own those cars.
1: Very true. B, the
2: access to actually use them, and then to get all of that like aligned to actually kind of shoot your concept is mm-hmm. difficult so right now cars is a strictly a commercial like um, relationship basis. relationship yeah exactly but um, I would like it to turn into some passion stuff eventually but I think for just the the cars that are being made, I don't think, I don't really have ideas that I could make into personal projects with the new cars, but right now it's kind of all commercial stuff, but I think maybe what I get into next, really kind of liking, like, the music stuff right now.
1: I know, you just posted um, that, like, rad music set from Rhythm, I remember I saw it and I was like, oh shoot, he, he's moving over to some, some new concert photography. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, that
2: would be interesting. That, that would be really fun. There's a couple of bands where I would, like, if I could just be in, like, the green room and going out to like the concert and getting all these vantage points would be really fun to make a, a set out of that or even just like a photo essay. But I don't really know what I'll go to next. I think it's... Just maybe, going with
1: the flow? Yeah, maybe
2: it's music. Um, I have a really cool idea I want to do about kind of basketball. Oh, interesting. Um, I've got an idea I want to do about Vans the Shoes. I'm not going to tell you yet, but... Uh, <laughs> Until <and> it's, <laughs> oh, it's, oh a, it's It's an idea. It's an idea. <laughs> He's um, teasing us. But I've, I've, got a, I've got a whole board of just like... I made my list of goals for this year and one of them was just ideas to pursue. Cause I want to. I want to keep space in my calendar this year for ideas I just want to do
0: creative um, shoots. Yeah,
2: whether whether they get picked up as a spec shoot from other brands or not, I just want to make them because I think it's a cool idea. But we'll we'll see where it goes. I'm not really sure
0: yet. Now you've kind of talked about how you do all of these shoots for your career. Mm-hmm. Do you think that someone needs a big following these days in order to be a successful photographer? Or do you think, like, you can make up for it in the hustle and bustle of, like, pitching and and your, like, creative process when you're reaching out to brands?
2: Mm, yeah. Um, I At least for me, it's it's been doable. Um, I think Instagram is a great place to start, um, especially because you can just get your work out to so many people. Um, but for me, I don't think Instagram was ever integral to my business and what I do. Um, granted, there are people on Instagram that follow me you know who work for brands, so it's good to get my stuff in front of them.
0: So you kind of look at it more as a portfolio than like an yeah. extra monetization yeah, platform.
2: It, it's almost just like, it's my way to distribute work, you know? So I don't think you necessarily need a big Instagram following. Well, it definitely does help and help through your discovery. There's a lot to be said for an old-fashioned portfolio and what you can actually produce.
0: What do you use for your portfolio?
2: I personally use Squarespace. Okay. Like it's, it's not like... It's not SEO'd. It's not, it's, it's not. You're <laughs> you not, don't need SEO you know, you for don't. a portfolio. It's, it's literally just, it's a link to share with people. That's it. It goes in an email, it attached with the media kit. It's got my best work and it's got stuff I've been commissioned for, different for portfolios for what people might want to see. Um, it's got some stories in there. It's got a bio about me. And it's it's, it's very concise in what I need people to see. Um, it, it's tailored that way too. It's so like I have an overview, which right when you open the webpage, it goes to that so you can kind of see all the stuff I like to shoot. And then I've got specific portfolios for like for cars. Mm-hmm. All stuff I've shot on film. All lifestyle stuff. I've got even a set in there for watches now because I've shot a few oh, nice. for watch, watch companies. So um, it's very it's categorized very categorizing all stuff that I've done for directing work. So all the video work I've done. Um, so it's very just like, if you want to find what I do, you can click any link and see what I've
0: done. Super streamlined. And so when you're reaching out to your potential clients, for those of the people that are listening right now that don't necessarily want to add the influencer side of content creation, how do you go about reaching out to your clients? Do you have an initial idea or concept in mind? Do you pitch them like a specific time frame, a specific season? Like wh- what do you really do in that like initial reaching out process?
2: Yeah, so there's a couple ways it can go. It depends on if I had a contact with this person or company before if it's a first reach out I usually don't go in too hot with my approach just because I know these people are busy I know they're getting emails constantly and I don't want to come off like I'm like the best and they need to take what I'm doing so I kind of just I kind of lay out some feelers and see, okay, what's your actual content calendar looking like? Here's who I am first, here's kind of what I do, or do you like my work, are you interested? And then I try to just kind of build up a rapport with these people and then I like to get into an actual phone call or like a Zoom meeting because I personally think I thrive in like face-to-face communication versus just emails. I'm not the strongest writer. So um, I usually do that. And then a lot of the times too, I I feel like companies have ideas or concepts they're already kind of working on. So I see if I can A, fit into those concepts or if they don't have anything to work on, then I kind of take the initiative to pitch them something I think would be good. Mm -hmm. I think companies like to kind of see that you've put some forethought and work into it. And a lot of times too, if I'm being honest, I'll even do like a spec shoot for that company before just so that they can see how I would interpret their brand. That's smart. Yeah, I think some companies kind of get scared taking a leap or like a step of faith with some creators because they don't know how their brand's going to be interpreted when there's positions of people where it's like their whole job is to make sure their brand is interpreted correctly. Correctly, yeah. You know? So like I've done like little spec shoots with just like me, my camera, and a friend. We bought like their product and we just said, hey, let's go take two hours, let's go shoot this sort of thing real quick, make a set of eight to 10 images, send it off to them and just see what they think. They can see how we interpret their brand, they can see our shooting style, they can see what we do, our talent of even picking like models too, that's a whole separate thing. How did you produce this? How did you, where'd you pick a light, your locations yeah. And there's a whole bunch of facets of the job that come into play when you make the work yourself especially and you never know sometimes it can get picked up too they can say hey this is great we will buy that from you you know
0: that's nice so
2: and then you did not have to go through the work of pitching the process next because it can take weeks to actually get a shoot approved so you kind of just you made it happen for yourself and then they can see oh you've got the initiative you did this thing we love this
0: let's do more go do that again
2: you know so it, it, it depends. I've had, I've had times where it's like I've reached out with an idea on the first time and said, hey, yeah, this looks great. Let's get on a call and, you know, discuss more of, like, the,
0: the details thing. and stuff. Yeah.
2: But um, it kind of depends. And I don't know. I think you kind of have to just lead with, like. Like lead, being lead, proactive. Lead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be proactive, but don't, like, I don't know. You don't Uh want to come and swing
1: into her and be like, I am the best. You need to work with me because I am X, Y, Z. Would you be
0: surprised, like when I worked on the brand side of influencer marketing and stuff, people kind of give that vibe sometimes, Mm -hmm. like more than you would think. So, you know, coming with a more humble, very proactive approach, I can imagine works very well. And the spec shoot thing is honestly like such a great idea. I don't hear of too many people these days having that initiative to go out and actually like buy the product and like go yeah. out and do it unless you're getting it for like a PR package and then potentially working with them in the future kind of thing mm-hmm. but not many people I know actually do that and take that extra step so I feel like that's a great strategy.
2: Yeah. And I think you should like you should find the brands that you actually like too. Like find brands that you're like passionate about cuz everyone wears clothes, everyone has shoes, everyone's got these things that they use in their day-to-day lives. Find something that you like first just like using and then go create something off of that if you don't have anything to shoot. You know like we could I'm wearing Van right now we can make a whole shoot just off these vans you know totally. we could find a location we could find a model we could put something together where we can represent these vans in a cool way you know mm-hmm. so just find the things that you use and you like and then kind of just create something if you don't have a portfolio yet too just like go do what you do Like if you're into playing the guitar.
1: Have you seen when you're pitching these brands, do you like doing spec shoots or reaching out to them more for photo packages now or video packages? Because I know that before I feel like I used to only see you do photo collabs and recently, obviously now you have a red camera, but (laughs) recently I feel like you really started to move into video and getting behind the audio design and getting Mm -hmm. behind kind of the creative directing on that side. Is there one that you like more or one that you've seen has bigger paychecks or that you're really looking to push in 2023?
2: Yeah, I you know I fall on both sides for different reasons. I think for photos, I love doing photos as an individual project. Like I love when it's just me, a, a producer, and like a model or two, and we're just like so streamlined into doing what we're doing. And I think I don't know for me, photography is a lot more individual. Um, but for video side, I love having a crew of people who are so specialized and dialed in to what they're doing. Having like a director of photography whose whole job it is, is to basically take my vision and make that shot happen. Then you have like a colorist, a sound designer there who's like doing all this crazy stuff um that i don't necessarily understand but i think it kind of depends like for for some brands i think oh yeah a photo job is definitely the way to go and for other brands i think oh yeah a video job is definitely the way to go Interesting. do you think it comes
0: down to more like storytelling then or
2: maybe i don't know it's <laughs> like for for like the rhythm shoot we did i've I was like, I don't even want to think about doing a video. I want to do photos because this is how I see their brand being best interpreted through my talent. Is I, yeah, I could do this brand a lot more justice if I do photos versus video with the idea I have at the moment. But definitely for video, for me, I've I've noticed higher paychecks for video work. Um, just it okay. does take
0: longer. To it does. Clear. It yeah. does take <laughs> a lot longer. There's a lot more facets too. I mean, I feel like photo yeah. like. Yeah, it's your time and you have like pre-production and post-production still. But and I don't know how Steven pumps out videos so much (laughs) faster than I pump out photos. But like for one photo for or like let's say one carousel on Instagram, it'll Mm -hmm. take me a couple hours to like get like picture perfect, like a a set of eight to ten because there's so many little tiny minuscule things. But then you add video and you have to think of like, oh, sound design and color grading and like all this other stuff on top of it, too. I
1: think it comes down to we're a lot more picky with the photos that we're going to post compared to the videos that we're going to post. If I wanted to be super cinematic and extra and have the most perfect video shots in every single one, I mean, I'm not really going for that commercial vibe when I'm making the videos. It's more like I want to throw in stuff that's going to make people want to get off their couch and go on a trip or plan Mm. a trip to Mexico or go on a road trip through the Southwest compared to I feel like when we're doing photos, it's much more of like every single picture we want to be jaw-dropping because you only have that one second they're looking at the photo compared to with a the video they're going to look at it for a lot longer and usually it's much faster cuts
2: yeah that's and, interesting and i'm sure you guys have noticed too. there's different critiques for photos and video mm-hmm. for sure you know like there's different things you look at for a photo where you don't even take into consideration for video there's certain things for video you don't take into consideration for photos you know like where i think they even see we're just talking about this like sound design and videos is so important and you'll only you're only going to notice it if it's not there
0: that's so true. You know. I mean, if you look back at some of our earliest YouTube videos, oh god, like yeah. <laughs> the sound design was not we didn't have mics. We just used like the random like outdoor mm-hmm. mic that we had indoors, so it wasn't really optimal. And then still like we just got new road mics, like lapel mics because mm-hmm. we finally were like, okay, we need to make the investment for our videos to be better. Mm-hmm. So, you know,
2: yeah, you love good audio, but you notice bad audio. Mm-hmm. Very, you know?
1: very true. That, that's a good way of putting it. And then what do you think so far has been the hardest part about doing photography slash video for a living or a really transitioning because I feel like for a while there you're like I don't know I know you have a couple other streams of income as well but what do you think is the hardest part the rejection side of it the reaching out and putting all this time into a shoot is, is it stable it the, yeah is it stable does mm. it have ups and downs because I feel like for us it's the best job in the world but it can also be one of the hardest jobs in the world or like most discouraging to stay with you can get burnt out so quickly with it totally
2: yeah I mean it's definitely it's, uh, it's the job you love and hate most sometimes <laughs> where it's like man sometimes you have the highest highs you also have simultaneously like the lowest lows from like just the mental standpoint i think where it's like sometimes some days you're like man i am so stoked on this like you feel like the king of the world because you thought you just created like the coolest photo set and the next day you're like oh my god what am i doing (laughs) (laughs) this is the worst decision i've ever made in my life like what am i doing um but i think just like from i mean i've been doing this for quite a few years now i think just learning how to kind of separate yourself from your love and passion and I think there's also you need to have other hobbies outside of this job that you'll simultaneously love that's Especially a great like way to you monetize that. your yeah. Yeah. hobbies yeah, you yeah. Know? Like this, was, this was like this is like my first I guess quote-unquote hobby that I turned into like a job and granted I wanted it to be a job but it's also like I have to have like other hobbies outside of this that I know I love equally as much and have have to be purposeful about not
0: monetizing it
2: Totally, totally agree. You know? Not That's to say that not to say that adding money to something turns it into like Something bad,
0: But it does change it.
2: It changes your mental approach on how you view that thing. T- totally. You know, like when I think of a camera now, I, w- I would lie if I didn't s- say one of my first thoughts, like, man, can could I could I make something off of this? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Can I potentially turn this shoot into like a project that makes money? So I, it, making this a job is definitely, for better or worse, has changed my mental standpoint of how I go into certain things. But at the same time, I've learned that I have to have passions outside of this, that I know I have to have zero interest in turning in something
0: Watcher. Yeah, that's great advice for those that may be reaching the point of burnout is like mm-hmm. adding that extra hobby. I know when I was kind of reaching it toward the end of last year, I was like, Steven, I need more hobbies. Yeah. All of my hobbies are like my work now. So. Yeah.
1: And I feel like having a good community around you is huge too. Like, I feel like especially the past year, I've seen you work with different videographers and different color people and people that you, you wanted them to do the edit. And then you be the person that kind of helps decide the director's cut edition and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like having a community like that makes it a lot more enjoyable and less like you're out there alone like I feel like if it wasn't Giselle and I and it was just me trying to do it I would struggle so much with is this good enough to post Mm -hmm. oh this this posted terrible I don't know what to do like should I keep doing this should I go look for something else I'm gonna stop Instagram I'm only gonna do this I feel like it's a if you can find a good community of people to work on a project with it makes it you not feel so alone
2: totally yeah and I think I mean we, we went to the snow like what like a week or two ago. Yeah, totally. And I came back from just like that brief day feeling like I feel like I my battery was replenished, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, it's it's <laughs> that imp- thing funny too. <laughs> Granted, we, we have more stories to talk about that anyway. But um, I, yeah, I definitely think having a community of- Fellow
0: creatives. S- fellow creatives, yeah. but
2: also just similar minded people. Maybe you're not producing the same thing. Like I think it's no secret that we produce different things. Yes. You know, <laughs> but it's, it's important to have people who are, I guess, relatively achieving the same goal. You're all headed in the same direction, right?
0: I think and that's you, just good advice for life. De- oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Definitely, yeah.
2: But, um, I mean, as far as, like, going back to, like, the burnout stuff, too, like, I, I, like, wrote down on, like, a post-it card, like, it's just a question, like, why did I start, you know? And I wrote down a couple answers to why I started doing this in the first place. Because, like, when you get through all the complexities of, like, the business and all these kind of things kind of just start stacking up, it's it's nice to go back and strip it all the way down to why do, why do I hold a camera? Very that very is true. such a good piece of advice. Like, why do I do this in the first place? Because at first it wasn't to make money. It was just to take pictures. You know, Uh that's the whole reason I started doing it anyway. So sometimes it's nice to just kind of take a a factory reset on your passion and think, okay, let's just bring this back to bare bones. Put all business stuff aside for a second. Sorry, I just slapped this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But uh, yeah, and it was, I had to kind of sit and reflect for a while and think, okay, why do I, why do I do what I do?
0: I think people listening to that, me just wanting to get into like content creation, we've had a lot of people that literally start just to make money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a quick way to burn yourself out. Totally. You
2: know? Yeah. And I mean, if, if your whole, if the reason you pick up a camera is to want to make money, that's great. Right. That's great. I mean. But it, the
0: longevity if, of it. Totally. And then
2: if you, if you want to approach this whole thing as a business, that's great. But I think for me, that's not the most sustainable way because I, I have like emotional attachments to the stuff I create because I you, you go through so many like hard things from like the conceptual part thinking, is this concept even good enough? And then you revise the concept like five more times and then you scrap it, you delete it, and then you pick a new one again. So I definitely like hold what i do to like a really high value
1: what does your process look like when you're going into a photo shoot like for us i feel like normally at least nowadays we plan a trip more than we plan like specific oh we're gonna go there and get this exact type of photo or i want this whole trip to be about this or do you do a lot of shot list on like pinterest and then mm-hmm. when you get there or do you go into a let's say a job or a trip with okay i'm gonna try and make this whole shoot film or i'm gonna try and make this whole shoot very light and airy, Or when i do this shoot it's gonna be much more wide than a tighter type of more portrait Mm. style or what what does it look like with your photo process or your video process as
2: far as like prepping for trips or jobs it depends if i'm getting paid for the job then i collaborate with a bunch of people to see what this is going to look like if it's just by myself and it's kind of just what I'm feeling at the time. I feel like we've been on several trips together where it's like, I'm trying something new this trip. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was inspired by a 50 millimeter lens and this is all I'm shooting. I'm shooting this focal length the entire time. Then there are times it's like, Chris, you didn't bring a camera. It's like, yeah, I brought a film camera. And like, that's, that's all I shot that trip.
1: And sometimes it's like, oh, I brought five film cameras. <laughs> yeah. i like, oh
2: my God. <laughs> There's a legendary picture of me with, I think, five cameras on me at one time. One here, <laughs> d- double wheeled in with a super eight and a digital camera. There's a film camera on my chest, one around my neck. I think no, be two around my neck.
1: And, and one on your peak design. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And I just saw a multiple of formats. But um I don't know, it depends on like the location. The if we're going to Yosemite, it's like, okay, I can shoot I can shoot Super 8. I can shoot digitals. I can shoot film. I can create all of these different emotions and feelings in these formats just in this one location. Yeah. Or totally. if it's like, hey, we're gonna go shoot surfing, it's like, okay, great. What is what what's surfing? Let's let's do all stuff just in the oceans. So let's get the water housing. Let's swim in the ocean. Let's shoot here. And sometimes I do make shot lists. If it's like, I know I want to tell a story. All right, let's build a whole, like, if I can get 10 of these shots out of 20, you know, we're good. But it kind of just, you know, ebbs and flows.
1: Interesting. Yeah, one of my favorite photographers right now is this guy, Carl Shakur. I don't know if you've ever... Mm -hmm. Seen him on Instagram, but it's so interesting. I feel I just watched some of his stories and kind of him talking about it. And he did this one shoot last year that blew my mind with like a bunch of flowers. He like filled a car up with ridiculous amount of flowers, and he turned that like creative concept that he Mm -hmm. came up with into this incredible story. And he ended up turning that into like a whole set where he invited a bunch of other creators to go out and look at all the different photos that he got from that one creative concept. Mm -hmm. What do you who do you think you look up to the most out of all the photographers and videographers or who do you look to as inspiration right now because i feel like Oof. that was one thing g and i really struggled with uh the past year is like who are we really looking up to Cause now because I, I feel like we had a lot yeah. of
0: huge inspirations when we first started but everyone's kind of pivoted
2: yeah or like
0: moved out of certain you know photography styles and things like that so totally
2: yeah um i feel like i feel like every year my inspirations change. <laughs> like I, at, at one point Crisper Carp is like the peak, the go. Well, I wanted Chris to be Cards like, fan. yeah. Him granted, and Alex Stroll. He's, yeah. yeah, granted, both of the guys are they're still both legends and I love their work, but it's not necessarily what I'm gravitated towards at the moment. Um, for a while, this guy named Finn Beals, who is absolutely unreal, he's like one of the master storytellers in photography. Um, he was like all I wanted to be like. Um, still love his work, not necessarily what I'm drawn to now. Guy named Aaron Brimhall, who's like, oh, I know. Is that is the it... guy
0: Peter McKinnon loves? Yeah,
2: he's yeah. The, okay. He's the automotive <laughs> photographer. He is Wild. so sick. Like he he takes like traditional automotive photography and like flips it on his back because he just does. He he really just infuses the artistic side of photography into his automotive stuff, which is so rad. Uh He makes it like so grainy and like different like just swirls and motions in his images and the colors it's 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 awesome when i think um, of
1: him i think of the movie dune like oh yeah the, like totally. his style i don't know why but the movie yeah. dune with like the crazy sand and like oh i don't know and he's a
2: guy who collaborates with a lot of other creatives at yeah one time very too. true he's got a whole like
0: little Army. militia of
2: people that's like whenever they got a project they all there's like a yeah literally, like, yeah militia assemble and they all go and they all create this thing it's like um, the
0: Avengers of photography. It's yeah. so fun when
1: you have that community, though. I feel totally. like when, like if me and G were to go to Yosemite by ourselves compared to like when, if we went to Firefall again with like you and Nikki and uh, it's, uh, tons of other creators there, everyone all having like the same type of uh, ideas bouncing off mm-hmm. each other. It's so much more fun. The hype totally. level's there. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. I mean, but I, I still have a lot of inspirations, I, I but I try not to, um, what's the right word? I try not. I try not to, um...
0: Inspire versus imitation, is that what are getting towards? Yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: so. Like, oh, I, I feel that. I also try not to let their work be a benchmark of my work. Very true. You know? Because it's so easy to just, like, put two photos together and think, well, theirs is way better than mine. I should have...
0: Comparison is the thief of joy. Exactly.
2: That's um, a great quote. Yeah, not to set them as a benchmark, but as just a completely separate category of what you're doing, in a sense. I don't really know, but... um. I definitely still a lot of inspirations. A lot of my inspiration now kind of comes through music, though, just because I I grew up in a very musical household, and for me, music has always been a big driver as to what can be made. So now, if I'm like, if I'm listening to an album, I'll think I'll get an idea for like a photo set. Or like just like an idea based hmm. off of music sometimes.
1: I know. And with that new feature on Instagram, we were just chatting about it earlier this morning before we hopped on the podcast too, about how you can post a photo with a trending audio or mm-hmm. with the music that kind of goes with the vibe of the photo. I feel like we've talked about it before, but if we want to go to like a gallery or something like that, I feel like looking at the photo and also listening to music can really drive the emotion or really help you um, look at the photo a different way.
2: Totally. Yeah. I mean, when I was like, I think it was like a year or two ago, I was making like a little book that was meant to be looked through while listening to music.
1: That could be cool if we sold, like, a photo book with, uh, like, a Like, like a Spotify record. playlist or something. Yeah, like yeah. a record like, player yeah. or a Spotify playlist. It, I feel it, like yeah. that'd be rad. Like,
2: the like the opening, like, you open the cover, and, like, the first, like, text, like, uh, this book is meant to be enjoyed with your favorite music. Yeah. Because I feel like when you have music that you're emotionally attached to, it makes what you're looking at so much more just, like, enjoyable. Impactful. Inpa- impactful. Yeah. yeah. That's a great um, way of explaining it. So, like, I, I mean, I, I, lo- I haven't used the feature yet, but... um. I, I'm really excited to just post some photos with um, music attached to it because I, I mean, I listen to music for like probably honestly like six hours a day. I know I, I listen to a lot of music.
1: I remember I was like, oh yeah, I had like this many minutes yeah. watch time, and yours was like ten times
2: as much as mine. <laughs> that like, Spotify oh my wrapped God, Yeah, I, had, I was yeah, I had thousands upon thousands of minutes on Spotify. So, but awesome. I, when even when I'm editing photos, I'm listening to music. So what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing are coming together, and sometimes it makes my photo experience more enjoyable when I'm listening to my favorite music. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think the feature is going to be awesome. And I've even posted photos before. It's like, man, I'm listening. I wish some people could hear this song
0: With and see photo. this
2: photo at the same time. And I'm so glad that feature is finally out. Now you I th-
0: can. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Instagram
2: heard you. I, yeah, I know. Finally,
0: <laughs> Out of all later. the features we've been <laughs> <Yeah>. asking for. <laughs> yeah, that's the one.
2: And, yeah, I, I think it makes it, – because it, it brings into that audio aspect where it's like now you can really feel everything I'm feeling yeah. through this. Because, like, you can obviously see it, but now you can take it in. Um. Is there
1: is there a favorite photo? That you've ever taken, and and with that, oh is boy. there a song that you would with pair with it? Where's my phone? Oh boy. Where's my phone? Where's it? <laughs> oh, here it is. Um, let me see. I feel like G and I have a few favorite photos, but I feel like they're also different. I love like the when we're super far away type of like mm-hmm. bigger landscape. I call it... tiny
0: people portraits. Exactly, and I,
1: yeah. it might be different for G, and especially like when we go to the Southwest. Like I always I. I'm sure if you've ever, if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen our reels before. I still post so many like Utah and Arizona pictures that we took on one of our 2020. First, yeah, <laughs> back in 2020 when we were first starting uh, our photography journey. And I still think it's some of our best work that we've done. Um, I don't know. I, it just has the such South- a.
0: The Southwest is a photographer's playground. That's yeah, you're, you're
2: not wrong. Like. Let me just uh, get my portfolio. Crispy.com. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and check it out. Um, well, actually, recently I took this on the rhythm shoot we did. I got this. Uh, photo of my friend Dustin while we were out there and it's it's shot at a super slow shutter speed he's like I'll just show you he's like laying upside down
0: oh that's fun
2: awesome like so it's it's actually it's actually like that that's how he's actually laying but I flipped it this way it's got this radial blur on it it's black and white it's like it's music it's like kind of hippie grunge it looks so rad I love it um what I've been listening to recently though is a lot of krungbin
1: Okay. You know what Krungben
2: is? I don't know if I've I've heard of it. Um, They did the song uh, Texas Sun with Leon Bridges. I'm trying to think. You
0: think Stephen Liss is to Leon Bridges. <laughs> I don't
2: want to assume anything. But well, um, I, I know what I'm going to go listen yeah. to after this. It's it's just, it's a vibe. That's all I can say. It's all a right. vibe. It's, it's all, mostly all instrumentals, but it's just like, it feels hits. so good. And when it, you're editing photos, it's like, oh, it just heightens the experience. Well,
1: I, I expect this now next week, a picture of Dustin with that song to be posted. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and then let me just cue it up on the drafts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a question that actually one of the first questions I ever asked G. I don't know if I've ever asked you it before though. I feel, if we asked I've, no way. I don't. I don't think I've ever asked him that. What, okay. is, what is the most exciting thing you've ever done? And it's interesting because it can literally be anything. It can be food. Some people eat scorpions. It can be skydiving. It can be a crazy party. It can be when we went to Iceland and got obliterated by the wind. Like oh, I feel God. like I feel like it can be anything.
2: I feel really introspective now. Oh boy. Uh, most exciting thing I've ever done. You're really just like we're hitting the, the apex of life here. It's great because um,
1: every person's is so different. It could be I, if for you, those of you guys that don't know hmm. so. Chris is one of my best friends and his girlfriend is one of Giselle's best friends. It's like the
0: real life friends. I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's,
2: it's, it's fantastic because we have a, a power duo here. Most exciting thing I've ever done. Here, how about you say, your, both of you say yours, and that'll probably inspire me to think about more what I've done.
1: Mine, I feel like, is when I was climbing Mount Whitney when I was mm-hmm. 14. I was like, at that time, I'd never done anything like that. Me and my dad were training for it for like six months. So we did a bunch of backpacking trips to little local areas, and I feel like no one in eighth grade or freshman year of high school was doing it at that point. So I was like, yo, this is wild. And I remember when we went up there and wrote our name in it, we looked through the couple dozen, or I don't even know. How many dozens, maybe even a hundred pages of the book, and I think I was the youngest person up there at that point of that year. So mm-hmm. I, I always thought that was like really, really cool that my dad had pushed me and helped me get to that point of Rambo.
0: Life. Mm. Um, Anyways, I think mine has Has in previous episodes have said Switzerland like bungee jumping and hang gliding, but I got to add on this past trip to Switzerland when we went canyon swinging with seven creators Mm. and it was so fun because like the prior times I'd gone bungee jumping and hang gliding, like I went with some um, study abroad friends that I had made, but this is cool because it was like a group of seven homies all jumping off a cliff together. Like that was pretty, that was pretty exciting.
1: Plus, you know, you're coming off the high of me proposing to you. Yeah, you know, that's
0: uh, (laughs) that's not the most exciting thing you've ever done, Stephen.
2: Um, Come on. I think mine, this is probably maybe not like lackluster, but it was when me and Stephen went to Iceland and we're in like what seems like the middle of nowhere and I just walk outside and the Northern Lights are right there.
1: Oh, dude. That was
2: crazy. I hope
0: that happens to us this month. It was
2: pretty nuts (laughs) to just walk outside and be like, I'm seeing the Northern Lights
1: and let, I feel like you have to paint the picture of what happened that day though. I feel like the previous, I was there for a Taekwondo event and I asked Chris, I was like, Chris, come, come with me. Let's do it. Do you want to come? And he's like, let's do it. So the first two days, he literally, we, we didn't do much. We, yeah. I feel like we sat inside the studio and Chris was like, dude, what are we going to do something? And then yeah. we finally got this guy Gunther to drive us. And how far did we drive? Like five, six hours? It was long. It, we drove so freaking far. It was long. And we were staying at his cabin, like his parents' cabin or something so we're all just kicking it inside and then all of a sudden I forget if it was you or Gunther but someone was like "The and we ran outside and I remember it was I looked fake it was ridiculous it was
2: weird and especially like growing up like my family didn't really travel that much and I feel like maybe our parents like you hear the word, like, the Northern Lights, but that never really, like, was, like, a thing. Like, it always, right. just seemed, like, it always seemed like an unattainable yeah, totally. thing to see, you know? it's the Northern Lights. Like, I, yeah, I, my parents didn't travel much. My grandparents didn't travel much. So, like, seeing, like, the Northern Lights was like, yeah, no one ever sees those. Like, you have to be, like...
0: You're in the 1% like, yeah, now. <laughs>
2: exactly. But, like, being, like, there and, like, seeing, like, yo, there's, like, a green stripe in the sky was pretty nuts.
1: I remember the photos from that, too, Or some of my favorites. Yeah. The, it, it was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, and it was...
2: Absolutely so, frigid. We're oh, yeah.
0: hoping that happens to us. We just booked our trip to Finland, so we're leaving for Finland in two weeks. Yeah, hopefully gonna hopefully, be. you get lucky, because otherwise we're gonna be sitting in two degrees outside. We won't see Northern
2: Lights in Finland in January.
0: We'll be in the Arctic Circle, yeah. like, but there's only there's only gonna be like four hours of daylight or something like that. So it's gonna be a lot of darkness. Yeah. But you find um, we're cold now. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I just ordered some new snow pants. Very yeah. exciting. Good luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I run very cold. Yes. It could be 60 degrees outside, and I say it's freezing. How
2: many jackets you wearing right now?
0: Um, two. Yeah.
2: We're inside, by the way.
0: <laughs> in California.
2: <laughs> Stephen's in a shirt. I'm in a shirt.
0: I'm in two jackets.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Stephen was sweaty earlier. <laughs> I was. It, it was hot in here.
1: I put on my headphones and I was like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Chris. For those of you that don't already follow the man, Chris, tell us where they can find you.
2: You can find me Instagram pretty much only. Uh, Chris Minyo. That's Chris with a C and Mignot is spelled M-E-U-G-N-I-O-T. Thank in- you for the spelling lesson. Yeah. And... In- it is French, by the way. So we, really. we, <laughs> oui, oui. yeah, we, 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 we. Thanks for having you guys. Appreciate
1: it. And your website. What, what was? The, it's the same thing. ChrisMunoz.com with a dot .com. Yep. There we ChrisMuno. go. And if anyone has any
0: of those fancy old cars that he can shoot, yep. you know, hit him up.
1: Let
2: me know if you're in Southern California. You got a cool car. Let me know. I got some concepts.
1: Yes. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Chris. And for you guys, don't forget the best way you can support this podcast is by leaving a five star review. It might not seem like it's that much, but we. really really appreciate it if you can leave a five-star review on spotify or apple podcast or wherever you are listening to this from and please share it with one other person if you have another aspiring photographer who's like oh i don't have a million followers there's no way i could do it well send him this episode maybe check out chris see what he's doing he posts a lot of his brand work as well as a lot of his other creative concepts on his page mm-hmm. maybe he can be your new little inspiration moving forward into 2023
0: chris you're inspirational I maybe i don't know <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right thanks again for being on the podcast and we will see you guys next friday oh another thing we finally just made an instagram page for unfiltered adventures so if you guys want to go give us a little follow on there we'll be posting a lot of the behind the scenes content and little snippets on there anyways we'll see you guys next friday